How's it going? How are you? Good. 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 Welcome back to another episode of Wicked Mysterious. I'm your host, Katie. And I'm Danny. And this is Mini Mystery Monday. Yes, it is. Yay. It's another Monday, another mystery. So I've got a good one this week that's been on my list for a while. Ooh. So before we get started, just our regular housekeeping. So if you can please like and subscribe if you're listening to us on YouTube um, or leave us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify, that would be lovely. Mm -hmm. So today's mini is actually a mini mini for real this time because there's not a whole lot of info on this and there's not even enough to have a cool little intro like we normally do, but it's a cool little story. So let's get into it. Doreen Kindle was a practical nurse in Duncan, a city on Vancouver Island in Canada. I got all of these quotes for this episode from a website called ufoevidence.org, but the link to the original source was, of course, broken. And the original record of this account was written by somebody named John Magger, who was the editor of the Canadian UFO Report. So that was a quarterly publication in which the UFO phenomena was discussed, and it seems that Mrs. Kendall was interviewed by this publication first, and then it was picked up by other UFO newsletters and magazines. So it kind of sucks because I couldn't get my hands on the original source, but all of the repeated stuff is pretty much the same. That's good. Yeah. So on New Year's Day 1970, Doreen was working her shift at Kawachan Hospital. I've heard it both Kawachan and Kawachan, so I'm sorry if I mispronounce it, but the hospital is still in existence today. And if you look at satellite images of it on Google, you can see that the building is somewhat of a strange shape. The building has a couple areas where if you look out the window, you can see across to another area of the hospital. And in 1970, if you looked out the window of the ICU where Doreen was working, you could see a cross to another wing, which was the children's ward. So just Hmm. throwing it out there that if you're listening sometime in the far future and you wanted to look at it, the old slash current hospital is located at 3045 Gibbons Road in Duncan, B.C. So the reason I mention that is because there's a new Cowichan Hospital being built. So I wanted to make sure the one I was looking at was the original. And at the time of this recording, February 2024, the new hospital is still under construction. So again, I just wanted to throw that out there in case you're listening later and you look Mm -hmm. at pictures, maybe it won't look the same. Yeah, good point. So at 5 a.m. back on New Year's Day, 1970, Doreen was working in the hospital and she noticed a patient An older man was tossing and turning, and she thought maybe his room was too warm. She entered his room and walked over to the window to open it. There is another version of this story where it says Doreen was coming down the hallway and noticed a bright light coming from the patient's bedroom, and she thought it was odd because he was supposed to be asleep. 
because it was very early in the morning. Mm -hmm. But I think this first version is the correct one where Doreen thought the room was too warm. I think that's the correct version based on some quotes. So she said, quote, just as I pulled the drapes, a brilliant light hit me in the eyes. It was still dark outside, but about 60 feet away, right above the children's ward to my left, there was this object so big and bright, I could see everything clearly. The object was circular and had what I guess you would call a top and a bottom. The bottom was silvery, like metal, and was shaped like a bowl. There was a string of bright lights around it like a necklace. The top was a dome made from something like glass. It was lit up from the inside, and I could see right into it. End quote. Hmm. Cool. Interesting, huh? Sounds like UFO. Yep, (laughs) it sure does. (laughs) So she described seeing two humanoid figures inside the craft, which she described as, quote, fine, tall, well-built men, and were later described in UFO magazine as, quote, strikingly good-looking physiques. Oh, so she did mean fine like that. Yeah, yeah, she did. (laughs) I think they were, like, muscular or something, well-built, but then it says strikingly good-looking, so I'm guessing, like, I don't know, she was saying that. They fine, they fine. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So she says that they were facing toward her right and inside the ship. And the figures had some sort of dark material tight around their heads, and they appeared to be male. One was standing behind the other, and one was taller than the other, but could have been standing on something that made him appear taller. Mm-hmm. The man in the front was facing a huge panel that took up half the ship. And there were various size instruments set into the chrome panel. Wow. Wow. She's got a real good view. Yeah. Really good. It was like um, right yeah. outside the window. I'm going to need, I, I'm going to need to know hair color, Doreen. Does, does she know? Does <laughs> no. she know what color? Okay. Nope. She said that there was something covering their heads and faces, like a dark, soft material. Got it. Okay. She said, quote, the man in front was staring at the panel as if something very important was going on, and I wondered if they may have had mechanical trouble. I even thought that they might have landed on the roof of the hospital and then had trouble taking off. Doreen stood there for a few moments in utter shock, completely transfixed on the sight before her. She said, quote, then when I did think of it, I guess I hesitated. I'm... I felt I mustn't make a noise or do anything that would break the trend of what was happening. End quote. I think I'd feel that same way. I think I would just yeah. like, like in retrospect, it's easy to be like, oh, why didn't you record? Why didn't you, you know, but it's like looking back at it, I'm sure that it's not easy to even think when you're seeing something that you cannot explain like that. Yeah. And it seemed like she was just transfixed on it, just taking it all in. And back then there was no recording or anything, but there were other witnesses, which I'll get to, um, kind of. They didn't see quite as much as she did, but cool, it, and cool. she was described as very trustworthy and that these were real. This was a real, a real sighting. Yeah. 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 I mean, look at her profession. I mean, I got to say, you know, most nurses, you know, if you're a good nurse, I feel like you're a trustworthy person. Um, right. How old did you say she was? D- it didn't say anywhere. Oh, okay. All right. But I'm picturing Doreen to be like middle-aged. Yeah. It doesn't say. I know. I'm. I'm that's, that's what I want to go with. Okay. All right. 
She that she says that then the taller figure in the back turned and looked at her. Oh, the, creepy. Yeah, the article says that it was if the being was reading her mind, though without the original source, it's hard to say if Doreen thought that they were reading her mind or if the author or the interviewer originally came to that conclusion. But she did say, quote, he seemed to look at me, but I couldn't see his face. It was covered by a darkish material that looked softer than the rest of his suit. I'm sure he saw me because then he touched the other man on the back. When he did this, the man in front reached down and took hold of something like a lever beside him. I'll never forget how deliberately he pulled it. He pushed it back and forth, and the saucer, or whatever you'd call it, started to circle slowly, still close to the building, in an anti-clockwise direction. End quote. So creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere during this ordeal, another nurse, Mrs. Wilson, entered the room, but Doreen was only faintly aware of her presence until after the ship took off. Mrs. Wilson said, quote, I noticed Miss Kendall standing at the window and wondered what she was looking at. In fact, I was just going to see when she beckoned to me, and then I saw this great big light over the patio outside the children's ward. I'd say it was quite a bit larger than a car, end quote. And then this article says, um, by the estimate of both witnesses, the object spanned a width of about five windows on the children's ward. This gave a diameter of at least 50 feet. Wow. I love a good witness. I know. (laughs) She went on to say, quote, it was moving around slowly and then it started to move away. I didn't really see a top or bottom to it. It was just tremendously bright, end quote. Wow. Wow. So Doreen's story was featured in UFO Magazine, Volume 6, Number 2, in the summer of 1970. So this magazine reported each UFO sighting for the past six months in chronological order, so it started with the hospital sighting on New Year's Day of that year. The sighting immediately following Doreen's was on the same day, January 1st, 1970, but around 7 p.m. The Drummond family saw a bright yellow and orange object in the sky at Mill Bay, which was 15 miles south of the hospital. Okay. James Drummond told UFO Magazine that the object was about 900 feet above his tugboat. He looked at it through his telescope and, quote, counted four distinct lights that looked like the tips of candles, only bigger, end quote. Oh, that's a different explanation. Yeah. Yeah. He said the object was turning slowly, and UFO Magazine said, quote, there have been numerous other sightings in this area, which, according to the UFO expert John Magger, begins and ends in a 26-month cycle. So he was, John Magger was the one who originally interviewed Doreen. Um, ah, okay. One sighting made by UFO expert Vern Stanley Jones and his wife occurred on 6 January, over Duncan, British Columbia. Quote, we saw this bright orange-yellow object between 500 to 1,000 feet above the ground. It looked like a disc and was about two inches in diameter. Without emitting any sound, it moved over Lakes Road Hill. When it reached the bridge at the bottom of the hill, it stopped briefly, turned at a right angle, and flew over the town. When it was about over the entire town, it stopped again, hanging there for a while. 
It moved off due west more rapidly, end quote. So this sighting occurred five days later, but in the same town as the hospital sighting and the same town as the tugboat sighting. So depending on where the hill on Lakes Road is, the sighting was only three miles from the hospital. Now, for some reason, I dived wicked deep into this and I had to see Lakes Road on a map (laughs) to see if I could (laughs) find the hill. Um, And I did. Lakes Road is mostly farmland and is kind of nestled between some mountains known as uh, Cowichan Valley. Mm -hmm. And I even found the bridge that it was referring to. So I don't know why my brain does these like wild goose chases, but I just think it's so cool that with just a little info, you can basically find anything you want on the internet. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Um, And this, this sighting at the hospital sounds a lot like the Falcon Lake incident where Steve Mm. Nikolak witnessed a UFO while hiking in the wilderness. Falcon Lake is located in Manitoba, 1,500 miles from Doreen's Hospital in Vancouver, so completely other side of Canada. Right, yeah. Um, The Falcon Lake incident occurred three years prior to the hospital sighting. However, both witnesses saw the exact same style ship, and both saw large instrument panels inside the ship, and both had the distinct feeling that these beings inside were having some sort of mechanical trouble. Yeah, that's very strange, right? Like. Mm What are the odds? Right. That's weird, especially like the description of the ship. I mean, obviously, we always get the cylinder or like the um, the tic tac shape, or um, but this one, she was just a little bit more. I think a little bit more descriptive about it. Yeah, this was like a saucer. Yeah, like a real saucer. Like I like these. These are the cute ones. (laughs) (laughs) So. The hospital sighting is known as the Vancouver Island sighting or the Duncan sighting. And the Canadian Mint actually issued a commemorative coin marking the sighting as well as the coin marking the Falcon Lake incident. And if you remember, we we did cover the Falcon Lake incident in an earlier episode. So just another weird parallel. Yeah. Always, always coming together like that. I know. It always is. And I don't mean for it to. It just always overlaps. That's the universe bringing us all back to the same shit. It's that thread just constantly (laughs) attached to things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it for this episode. Yes. I I love any alien episodes. So yeah, this is a good one. It's been a little while since we've done a sighting, UFO sighting. Yeah. And I mean, obviously I feel like it's like 2023 we're all used to the idea of sightings at this point which is crazy to even say right mm-hmm. um because who would have thought that we would be like outwardly just discussing sightings like this um or i should say like who would have thought it'd be so po- like popular and publicized yeah. like it is right now um but the yeah, same it's like thing, but it's like in 1970, they had entire UFO publications. It was no secret, you know? It just, I think yeah. they just want us to think that you must be a conspiracy theorist or you must be a weirdo to think or believe these things. But all along, it's been right there. You know, they say the truth yep. is out there. It, it, it is. It's right in front of your face. So it's... Yep. And it it's, always has been, yeah. The people that don't want to believe it are the ones den- that deny it, you know? Yeah. But to to just finish what I was saying, I feel like um, 
each and every individual alien encounter story is so unique. And sometimes Mm -hmm. they're so alike, but then there's always like little things about them that are fascinating. So I feel like it'll never get old, you know, right? like all the different encounters that we can come across. And, and just the fact that the UFO was hovering right close, right at the window that she could at the height that she could see directly into the cockpit, so to speak, is just, what are the chances of that? Yeah. I can't imagine um, the feeling of that freaking being looking right at her and then right. Tapping the other one, like, no, (laughs) so crazy. crazy. But yeah, that's a really cool story. Thank you so much for sharing. No problem. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Um, And then just real quick, just to thank you to our supporters, um, our Patreon subscribers, Miranda, Linda, Dana, Kristen, and Matt, and our Facebook subscribers, Brandy and Keith. Thanks, Brandy and Keith. I do have a listener mail from Brianna R. So she says, hi, guys, I'm obsessed with you both. I love the podcast, and I'm so curious if either of you have seen the alien documentary called Extraordinary, the Stan Romanek story. If you haven't watched it, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Cool. So we were obsessed with you, too. What's her name? Brianna. Brianna. We're obsessed with you, too. You keep on listening, girl, and you tell your cool friends. Yes. Thank you, you, Brianna. We also love you. Yes. Um, and, and, um, yeah, I, I love, uh, I love all the, um, recommendations. I feel like we have so many of them. We, we do write them down. We will mm-hmm. get to them. We will. Yep. We will. Yep. All right. So oh, that's cool. it for today. Thank you for listening. All right. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you again next week. Same place, same time, same bat time, same bat place. Yep. All right. All right. Stay mysterious. Stay mysterious. <laughs> One of these days we'll get that right. It's really hard this way. <laughs> <laughs>